It's time. Dead arise. Dark forces awaken, doors go creak. And amongst all the mayhem and mischief, there is but one light. The Rules Podcast, Monster Madness. This week, Phil and I try our hands at writing some spooky stories. Even though spooky stories aren't exactly our strong point. But sit back, strap in, and prepare to enter the tomb of writers. You're listening to The Rules, a podcast that tests if constraints make us more creative. I'm one of the hosts and one of this week's writers, Adam Gurong. And I'm the second host and writer this week, Philip Hall. Today is the most frightening day of the year, besides November 8th, this year at least. And so Phil and I decided that we wanted to pay homage with a monster-related episode. We sat down a while ago to decide what we wanted to do. We tossed around a few good ideas, but I started going back to school in September. I was busy, so a lot of the ideas were overambitious. But we decided that we did want to still do an episode. So we decided on this one. So what we did is we actually wrote our stories outside of the session and then recorded when we read them to each other. And as always, we had a set of rules to follow. And here are those rules. So obviously, we had to write about some sort of monster. We had to write about people in a haunted house, and we had to write in second person. We went our separate ways. We wrote. I recorded some of the times I was writing. You'll get to hear small stuffs from that. And then we came back to the studio. Oh, one more thing, because this is important. I'm going to give you a quick refresher on what second person is. I know I've said this before, but a quick recap. So first person is when a narrator describes their actions. I went to the store. Third person is when the writer is describing someone else's actions. Carl went to the store. And second is this odd, seldom used style where the narrator is describing your actions. You went to the store. It's not common. And yeah. I'll say no more because me and Philip are about to discuss it at length. I had this, uh, this gives away some of my story, I'm sure, but I had this moment where I realized the more dialogue I had, the less awkward it felt. Yep. Yeah. So that's before I wrote anything. I was just like, oh, if I have enough, if I have enough dialogue, this story might just feel okay. It's going to be weird because it's second person. But I had a lot of fun writing it, and I kept reading it out loud over and over and over again in a coffee shop, just being like, I love reading this. It's so much fun to narrate these stories. So I'll, I figured this out. I, my theory on this, I really enjoyed writing second person, and I think the theory is, is because the only person who cannot be the subject of the second person point of view is the narrator themselves, and the only person who can be the narrator is the writer. So as I was writing it, I was not the you in the story. I was the person describing the you. Yep. And that made it feel better because I hate the like, the you do this, you do that. 
And I, I think I, I've already mentioned it to th- this to you last night when we were talking about it. But I feel like in second person, you have to the the narrator has to have a very passive voice. They can't really add anything of their own voice in there to make the story go the right way. Which obviously, when I write, I like to write in my voice because it's a very goofy voice. So it was very hard for me to like not write in my voice. I think one of the reasons that second person is so uncomfortable is that if you imagine yourself as that second person, that makes sense, right? Yep. If you imagine yourself as that second person, you have no control. It's a, it's almost as if your actions are being forced on you and your situation is forced on you. And that's incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. And that has to do a little bit with my story because I was thinking about, uh, what are those called? Dreams where you can't control your like you're you oh, feel like lucid you're, dreaming not lucid dreaming it's where it's where you wake up you did oh, a not thing lucid on um sleep apnea yes mine sort of reminds me of a sleep apnea story it does not involve sleep apnea but just the fact that you're forced into this this situation is super yeah it's it's frustrating i'm sure I only remember hearing second person used twice. Once was in Futurama. Yep. And it was excellent. It's the scary door. It's awesome. Classic. Uh, When I was writing, I think I already told you this idea. One of my favorite ideas though was I didn't do it for this because I wanted to go with a kind of spooky thing, but I wanted to do, um, We've talked in previous episodes about an unreliable narrator. I wanted to do an unreliable second-person narrator, which I already told you about. I just think it'd be very funny. Man. <laughs> You're walking through a room. Or maybe it's an alley. I have nothing to think of it. That's kind of the, the scary, scary door. Yeah, an unreliable second-person narrator. It's super funny. But, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be so funny. For example, um, I, I talked about this earlier and stuff, too. You always... you There's this unwritten rule that you you trust the writer you trust that they're telling you the truth and that they're kind of telling you everything you need to know yes so in a second person it'd be funny to be like um you pick up the bar the chocolate bar and you eat it and then later it's like you realize that your peanut allergy oh did i neglect to mention your peanut allergy (laughs) you reach for your epipen and realize you have no arms that's perfect actually if you do something like you grab the hose to water the plants Oh my word, it's not a hose, it's a snake, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, very insulting. Yeah, like a little bit like demeaning, just being like, what are you doing? (laughs) Second person is a fun time. I don't know why I had the idea in my head that second person was a very spooky thing, Mm. but upon writing it and upon reading it, I think it is because it's very, it, you kind of said it, it's very unsettling to be told that you are doing things and having to, it's it's normal for a reader to empathize with a character, but second person moves it completely beyond empathy to complete juxtaposition of you being the character. Yeah. Which which is unsettling, especially because it's not that you need to relate to the things the character is doing, but you need to imagine yourself doing the things the character is doing. Um, what were... What what different ideas did you have when you were thinking of writing um, second person? This is one of those situations where I am bad at putting things off, not working on things promptly. And in this case, it, 
it snuck up on me where I was like, shoot, I have to write this story now. So I take my laptop, I go to the coffee shop, I sit down and I just do the first idea that came to my mind. Mm. And it's, I think it's great. So I don't have like, I don't have all these examples of things that I thought of this time. It was just the first idea. And thankfully it wasn't a horrible idea. Um, yeah, I'm really happy with this one. Um, earlier. So I will say this, the days leading up to this, I thought a little bit about it. I thought about, there's a film that you guys had at your house when we were kids and it was about the, <laughs> Oh, the ghost to Mr. Chicken. That film is great because they like, they, they convince him to spend a night in this haunted house as a dare or something. Yeah. It's, um, and it's Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Yeah. Oh yeah. This video, that video was, it was funny when I was a kid. At least I haven't seen it in many years. Yeah, exactly. That actually came to mind where I was like, maybe this could be like, as the narrator, I'm saying to you that you were dared to go into this haunted house and spend the night. Mm. And then you set up a tent within the haunted house and you have the flashlights. Maybe you're with a friend, maybe you're alone. And then like describing all the things that happened to you. That was my first idea. And then my second idea is the one I wrote. So <laughs> that's everything. <laughs> How about you? So I'm going to jump into the story I wrote. Sure. You watched the man sleeping in the large king-sized bed. You provided him in the master bedroom. The room is dark, but you see joyful little strains of light seeping through the heavy curtains, casting a razor blade of illumination across the dark room. The blade of light falls sharply across your visitor's face. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> oh. So I, I couldn't finish it. Phil, as I imagine you are, was curious. Okay. So the idea, the, story in there? the idea I came up with is when I sat down to start writing, my first idea was, and I said this to you, someone who wakes up in a haunted house and I had, and of course I wanted to make it seem kind of goofyish. So it's like they wait, you wake up, you feel your head and you notice that there's blood or is that Kool-Aid? <laughs> you <laughs> look awesome. at your sun-kissed jammer and realize it burst open, but where are you? And so... That was my first idea. And then as always in the Adam method, I took a step back and I said, so you've got this person who's scared in the haunted house. Who else is in haunted houses? Obviously monsters. And then I started um, parsing through and deciding who I wanted to do. I didn't want to do Frankenstein's monster, nor Frankenstein. Um, Mummy doesn't really work that well. Um, so I went with a very classic one, which was like the idea of a, a vampire. Oh. So my idea though was rather than the person being described being kind of the victim of this hor horrific event, and I might still, I might still write this. It just feels very hard for me to write. I might need to break it on my show though. My idea was the person being described is the vampire. And I think, even as you were talking, I think one of the weirdest things about second person is that when you're reading first and third, you are more than welcome to formulate all of your own, own opinions about the events happening. Even in first person, if your main point of view character, if you hate him, you can think to yourself, man, I hate this guy. But in second person, you are not allowed to have your own opinions. You're given all of your opinions. You're given your reactions to the scene. Yes. Which is very unsettling. So my idea was to write about 
this vampire. And so as he's, if you've ever read Dracula, the first part of Dracula, this is where I came up with this idea, is there's this visitor who comes to uh, Transylvania and is staying with this Count Dracula. He doesn't know he's a vampire. And everything is very bizarre and he's very scared and it's very freaky. And I was like, what would it be like from Dracula going around and it's Dracula being described? And so Dracula, it's constantly like, you look at his meaty flanks and think about how nice it would be to eat it with seared lemon oh my word. <laughs> and parsley. But as soon as I got a paragraph in, I just like, I had this sick feeling in my stomach and I don't write scary stuff all that often. Along with the fact that, oh, I just thought of something else too. I think one of the things that made it very unsettling, if, is, if I was writing that in first or in third, it would have been fine. But second is a weird thing to write because if you're reading second, your opinion is being forced on yourself. But if you're writing second, you're forcing stuff onto someone. It's it sounds like a Chuck Palahniuk or Palahniuk uh, short story. That's what it sounds like. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan I know. of him anymore. It's so, you're polar opposite in, in like in content where you don't write about dark things. I don't think either of us do. So. I, nah. I encourage you to finish that See, story, that's the thing. though. I want to write it because it's good practice. Mm. And it's... Um, and it could be a great story. It's kind of... On, on the flip side, to like defend myself, I came up with the idea. I knew what I was going to write. I knew how the story was going to go. But it's the first time ever in a rules-based scenario where I've... Because I, I used story cubes for it as well. Where I rolled those story cubes and then I couldn't write the story. It's the first time I've ever stopped... Mm. without like having like I've got a phone call I've had to like get up and leave it's the first time ever I was like I don't want to finish this but I, I did think of the story so I'm not that upset about it, it wasn't yeah. like writer's block or anything a different way to say the same thing we've been saying is you have no free will as a listener or as a reader yeah that's what I just realized is not having free will is terrifying like just being like i'm stuck in the body of this this horrible person or this this really scared person you're just stuck yeah it's like you're looking through the eyeballs of someone else and they're doing all their actions and they become your actions and it's like messed up when I, yeah when i started when i started this episode i really 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 didn't like second person but now that i'm talking about it and because I, I look at point of view a lot but i've always just kind of glazed over um, it's easy to be dismissed yeah but now I see where there's a certain amount of genius to second person. Um, here's something for you, though. The first time when I started reading, or not started reading, but when I started writing, and I was looking at short stories, and I read that short story in second person, there was a hint to it that, was, that felt very familiar. Um, and I didn't know what it was. And... As time went on, I realized that second person felt very familiar because when I was a child, I read several def different choose-your-own-adventure novels, yes. which are all written in second person, which is weird because we were just talking about the fact that second person gives you no free will, but choose-your-own-adventure novels are all based around making choices and it's this weird thing where you have choices to choose what path you go down, but you have no choice other than that. Man, that's really cool because if it were only in second person, there's no no will, no choice. 
And if it were all choose your own adventure, like fully, like every page you choose your own adventure, like it sort of negates the effect of each situation where you, you sort of have no control, but you sort of have some, Ooh, that's so weird. I don't like it anymore. So do you know what you think we should do? <laughs> what or should what we do? That's <laughs> funny. I automatically took away your free will. I said, do you know what you think we should do? <laughs> I'm so used to second person. Now. So what I think we should do is we should write, we should do a, a series of episodes where we write choose your own adventure stories. Oh. All right. That stuff is confidential, but let's just say we came up with a good idea. If you want to hear more, tweet at us. Hashtag choose your own rules adventure. Now we're going to hear me narrating my story. Before we do, I want to give you a little tip. So Audible is offering the listeners of the Rules Podcast a 30-day trial of their service and a free audiobook. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash the rules and sign up. So if our talk about Dracula got you curious, they have copies on there and you can get one for free and have it read to you. Or if you want another monster-related book, I highly recommend Frankenstein if you haven't read it. It's one of my favorites. Again, if you want to check out one of those books or any other book you'd like, there's over 180,000 on there. Just go to audibletrial.com slash the rules. And with that, let's hear a story. You're standing outside the door of the master bedroom. You reach towards the door. There's no quiver in your hand, nor should there be. You're one of the best. Hell, you think. No pun intended. You are the best. When it comes to debunking paranormal activity, what better way than to be paranormal? You are the first ever demon paranormal investigator. And you're very glad these prudish paranormal hunters don't know. If they found out, you shudder at the thought. You pull your hand back and check your camera gear. This is the big moment. This is the reveal. You need it to be perfect. Frank, you getting all this? You say. Yup, says Frank. You know he's a film school dropout who just wanted to get into this type of stuff for some weird and freaky reasons. But you know he's a great cameraman. You turn and look at him. He has an unlit cigarette hanging from his mouth, is wearing a hole-ridden brown t-shirt that used to be white, and has a dopey look on his face. I feel like we should get some scenes of you talking to the camera, your producer Harold says. You turn towards him and start to snarl. The word for death comes to your mind and you almost say it. You can imagine it, his beady little self-important eyes suddenly going dark, him falling over dead, you doing this your own way. You're not even sure why the studio thought you needed a producer. You stand up a little taller and close your eyes. Sure, you say. You don't want to say it, but you do. There's a little bit of that free will stuff. Yeah, seriously. Man, this is freaky. Not the actual story. The story is just a goofball story. Yeah, so is mine. Frank starts rolling and you turn towards the camera and speak. 
Rumor has it that Mr. Fitzgerald, you start, an eccentric millionaire who made his fortune selling holy water, drowned in one of his own tanks after an unsatisfied nun pushed him in. Vowing revenge, his angry spirit returned from the dead to terrorize those who entered his home. Harold is gesturing to his chest like an idiot. You know what he wants. You reach down and adjust your lapel mic and continue talking. As you've seen, we've proven that most of the alleged paranormal activity has been created by a series of booby traps that the geriatric Mr. Fitzgerald created in his latter years, fearing that devils would sneak into his house and avenge the deaths of their brothers caused by his holy water. And so we've proven that these seemingly paranormal activities are all naturally occurring. The screams heard echoing through the walls? Gears for swinging axes that have long since rusted out. The weird sounds? Mechanical arrow launchers. The foul smell of a rotting corpse? A can of spam that was left behind and has been since punctured. You hear Frank chuckle. You frown at him. Sorry, he says, and motions that you're still rolling. You briefly think on how dumb he can be and keep going. By all means, a dangerous house, but not haunted. And now we come to the finale, the master bedroom, the place where numerous people have said that they saw the old man, Mr. Fitzgerald himself, long since confirmed dead and buried, decrepit and dripping with festering water, walking and talking. A reanimated corpse, staying in his beloved room, bemoaning his lack of opportunity to kill. You step forward and put your hand on the doorknob. You pause and look right into the lens. Just like you know all those idiots at home want. This isn't your first rodeo. The audio guys put some intense music underneath. Everyone gets on edge. And then, the letdown is more climactic. And let's find out if this watery tale, you say, has any hard facts. You smile at the joke, twist the knob, and dramatically swing the door open. Your whole body is covered with a burning sensation and your skin bubbles. Burning, terrible, burning. You fall to the floor and start to scream. Frank rushes over to help you. No, wait, he sticks the camera in your face. You feel like molten lava is clinging to your skin. Frank, help! You gasp. He says nothing and keeps rolling. That's when you spy it out of the corner of your eye. You see a decaying foot step into your quickly fading line of vision. Then another. The feet draw closer and closer. And then more of the body becomes visible. You see the walking corpses holding what you recognize as the Blastmaster 4000, the newest and most powerful super soaker on the market. Gotcha, you demon bastard! A gravelly voice says you look up to see the walking, talking, and very dead corpse of Mr. Fitzgerald. He raises his water gun and you try desperately to roll away, but a stream of holy water hits you. You scream again and writhe on the ground as your body convulses. Your head turns and you see Harold grinning. Anger fills you, but it's dulled by the pain. You know he set you up. You know he did this. He must have found out your secret. Another jet of holy water hits you and you start to black out from the pain. The world dims, but you can still hear voices. Thank you, Mr. Fitzgerald. We will let you live your reign of terror and peace, you hear Harold say. Oh, you hear the gravelly voice respond. 
You'll do no such thing. You hear more screams and what sounds like a person drowning. You grin to yourself as the world fades to black. I really liked coming up with the idea of a paranormal investigator who was paranormal. Yes. I think I might write more stories about that. I think it's a clever idea. I think it's fun. What'd you think of it? It was freaky and funny at the same time, which is awesome. Was it actually freaky? Well, I thought it was freaky. I don't know how anyone's going to react to these. Yeah. But when he's like, when his skin's bubbling and all that, I'm just like, ah, no. But the, and the thing is, is it's not his skin. It's your skin bubbling. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I'm separating myself. <laughs> I'm separating myself from it. Um, did you notice the edits I had to do on the fly with yeah. um, the holy water? <laughs> no, what? I people I assume people would have assumed, but I realized in the story I never explicitly said in the written script that the gun in the water the water in the water gun was holy water. Oh. So I had to add that in. I, I think one of the ideas I was originally gonna do is um as as you fall to the ground, you see that there are crosses inside of the tank, which is like I I think that's how you make holy I don't know how you make holy water. It's blessed, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how it works. Blessed by the Pope. The only the only way I know how to make holy water is the ways that they did it in the movie Constantine. <laughs> really? And I think they put a cross in water and that did it. I can't oh, remember. Oh man. Anyways. He's just got a little like baggie that he opens up, a little plastic bag that's got like tiny crosses and he shakes it into the water gun. And he's like, there. Holy. Here we go. Um Yeah. I enjoyed writing that story though. It was super It was story. a lot of fun. You ready for mine? Uh, I'm ready for this. Okay, mine, okay, I'll put it this way. Yours is action. Mine is not action. Okay. <laughs> basically. But I'm very excited about it. You did, you said you did a lot of dialogue, right? Okay, let's see what this is like. <clears throat> Hopefully it's all second person. There's always a chance that I mess this up. Mm. Have you done it? You did an edit on it, right? I read through it about four times. Oh, okay. Try as you might to shake off the paranormal appearance, you simply can't. Is anyone there? You question the dark void around you. That depends on where there is. A voice responds. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that, is so, that is so good. Keep going, keep going. Okay. Oh, it's you, you say, partially relieved and partially perturbed. You bought the house on Tuesday, moved in yesterday, and now, lying here in your own bed, you are being visited from the beyond. Beyond the annoying. Beyond the sarcastic. Is this the same ghost as yesterday? You ask. I told you, my name is Kimberly. You are so rude. You glance at the alarm clock and realize it's already 3.30 a.m. You have to wake up at 6.30 a.m. and your patience dwindles. I thought I told you to leave me alone last night. I'm trying to sleep. Kimberly responds in a tone of immortal angst. It's easy for you to complain. I'm trying to sleep. I'm so tired. Maybe try sleeping in the afterlife before you complain about your mortal woes. I haven't slept in like 25 years. Try not sleeping for 25 years and tell me how you like that. My head is pounding. Kimberly's voice summons an immediate headache. You push your face into the pillow and sigh deeply into the darkness. Please let me sleep. We can talk about how awful the afterlife is tomorrow, you say in a muffled voice. Technically not the afterlife, Kimberly retorts. What? It's not technically the afterlife. Oh, 
you try not to engage the ghost. You focus on sleep. You try to count sheep. It's more like a waiting room to the afterlife, minus the lines, and waiting for your number to be called. Okay, like I said, we can talk about it tomorrow. You feel the bed droop behind you. Kimberly lays on the empty side of the bed and continues talking. Like I said, I've been here a really long time. Sam, the girl who wants a house down the street, has been waiting for like 70 years. Can you imagine waiting 70 years to finally make it to the afterlife? I mean, it's absurd. Whoever you stand, grab a blanket and pillow, and walk towards the door. You can hear Kimberly's voice as you descend the old staircase outside of the bedroom. Once you reach the living room, you find you can barely hear her. Finally, some peace. You lay on the sofa. It's too short and sags a bit in the center. But it will do. You curl up and feel yourself drifting off to sleep again. You smile with relief. And suddenly as you fall asleep, you once again are awoken. This time by a deep baritone voice. Is Kimberly keeping you up? She's the worst sometimes. I'm Ben. I've been meaning to introduce myself. It's a pleasure to meet you. What's your name? That is a genius story. Thank you. <laughs> what time? What time period is this story in? Uh, modern. Okay, it's okay. She, maybe in the future. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like it's such a millennial voice for Kimberly. Well, maybe she learned it from another ghost. Because oh, she, that'd be so she funny. Died a teenager, but she knows the seventy-year-old or the the other teenager goes down the street. So it doesn't matter when you die; you're perpetually a teen, right? Yeah, <laughs> I thought of so same story, um, or like similar story, but it's like a guy. He's getting. He just moved. Here's the story. There's this man, fresh out of college. He's starting his first day at the um the watering hole bank, and he's looking in the mirror. He's bought this old home that he's heard is haunted, but he it was very cheap, and he needed to move there because he suddenly got the job. And he's standing in the mirror and he's putting on his um, his tweed suit and he's doing up his tie. And he looks down to tie the knot or you look down to tie the knot and you look up and in the mirror, you see behind you the decrepit, like like a ghost of some Victorian era mm-hmm. woman, Victorian dress, very Victorian. And it reaches its hand out and says... Oh my gosh, that's what you're going to wear on your first day. <laughs> and it's like this Victorian ghost who there was like a teenage girl that lived in the whole in the haunted home last oh and she picked up all this lingo from her so she's Victorian and she doesn't really understand this stuff but that's how she talks. Or like when the family's gone, she's just like watching Mean Girls <laughs> over and over again. And can somehow interact with the computer. She's like, I like that tie. It's so fetch. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> it's so funny now i want to do so i didn't get to do it because it's written in second you don't get to do a voice of the protagonist as much but my imagination for this demon demon hunter Mm -hmm. was um like a a very i don't know the only way i can think of describe it is like a wolf of wall street very confident very competent not very likable kind of character yes so that that paranormal hunter meets kimberly the ghost i think that'd be such funny dialogue and kimberly's like just beyond his reach somehow and he's like i'm gonna get you and she's like whatever turd turd face just like being a brat (laughs) she's coming up with all these (laughs) typical teenager burns i really like this because 
I couldn't think of an ending. And then I was like, wait, there's another ghost. It's perfect. It's mm. easy. Where like he's ready to sleep and just can't. Mm. Oh, what a terrible. That's thing. the that's the real horror story. <laughs> I think we've all been there not being able to sleep. I, I got to say, when you were describing you lie down on the couch, it's too short. You curl up. I was I was getting cozy, man. Oh, me too. Like, it's a it's a down. perfect cozy feeling where you're like, it's a little small, but I'm I'm falling to sleep immediately. It's so nice. And then Ben's there whispering in your ear hey i'm ben i'm just the other ghost no big deal <laughs> um i don't think have you ever watched hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yes you've got the the um i think it's actually called paranoid android it might just be called depressed android but you've got an android who is always like oh don't worry about me yeah <laughs> a ghost who's <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking i was thinking like you're the ghost you're the ghost so ben's just like yeah, Kimberly can be annoying, but she's not so bad. I mean, I'm I'm pretty awful though. I'm pretty annoying, they say. Well, I'm just gonna read out loud for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he's just reading in his encyclopedia from yeah. 1820. And he's just like, oh, I was buried with a dictionary. <laughs> Abstain. <laughs> He, and he's super politically incorrect too like but just because he's and from a different i'm sorry era. but at this point there was an auditory problem and we had to stop recording but that was our monster madness not bone chilling i know but phil and i like the stories if you had your own take on any of the prompts we tweet at the rules podcast let us know on there or if you wrote your own story we would love to hear it email it to us at the rules podcast at gmail.com a quick update. We are working on season two right now. Phil, how is that going? Pretty well. A little slower than I anticipated, but at the same time, it's, it's coming along. Things are much clearer than they used to be. As far as... Yeah. yeah in a lot of ways. Yeah, we've changed some of our formatting stuff, which you guys are going to see. We're going to have a lot more guests on. Yep. There's going to be a significant increase in writers for this season, which is a big deal because you've been hearing Adam and myself write in each episode. We've done one episode so far. We've recorded it. Um, we are looking for guests. I just believe we're st- we still need some guests. Absolutely. So we have, we have, we will take as many guest applications as we can get. So in season two, we're one of the things that's changing is we've always had two writing positions and that is going to stay the same. That means Adam and I will write head on with one another in that 15 minute time crunch. We're adding a third position, which is the ruler. So what this allows is that me and Adam can switch out what position we're in to allow for a guest writer. If you want to be that writer, we'd love to hear from you. So if you want to write on the episode, let us know. You can tweet at us. You can dm us on facebook you can email us at the rules podcast at gmail.com if you want to be on the show let us know we have a few other things we're working on more content is going to be coming out soon we have some episodes sitting just waiting to go thank you for being patient we appreciate you listening this episode was produced by me adam ganong and co-produced by me philip hall dave kiney is our marketing master illustrations were all done by philip and audio molding was done by me Thank you for listening, and yes, we will see you 
next week. Man, now I'm thinking in second person is really interesting to write because even like rock, paper, scissors in second person, you raise your hand. <laughs> you think rock, but no, what about scissors? But you've forgotten paper. <laughs> and then at the end of the page, it's like rock, paper, or scissors. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we should start the story. That's the start of the story. Um, it starts with we should keep it horror themed it's like rock paper scissors with a mummy and it's like if you lose I'm gonna eat your brains uh, and you get the mummy to throw rock but it throws rock so hard its hands falls off that would be so fun man or oh, an audio choose your own adventure could we do that